Here we go. Genesis chapter 12 says this. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. And I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Let me read it one more time. God said this over Abraham. I will make you a great nation and I will bless. Come on, somebody say, I will bless. God said, I will bless you and I will make you into a great nation and you will be a blessing. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you for what you want to speak tonight. Uh, Lord, Let me just be your mouthpiece. Say what you want to say to your people. Our ears are open. Our hearts are open. Our minds are open. We want to receive and hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, if you'll believe and receive that, why don't you say amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that. All right, I I need to do a little spiritual litmus test really quick, okay? And we'll know how spiritual the audience is based on this question, okay? I'm going to start a song, and you have to complete it, okay? Okay? If you know it, it's a spiritual bunch of people, okay? If not, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. But, but the song goes, Father Abraham and many. That's right. You know it. Come on, sing along. Right arm, left arm. Okay, we're not going to do all that, all right? I, you're a pretty spiritual bunch. You ought to give yourselves a big round of applause. I, growing up, I, you know, you did that song in, in children's church. If you grew up in church, that was like the song. If you didn't grow up in church, you're like, you guys are a bunch of weirdos. And you would also be right. You know, that's, uh, I, you know, you grow up and you did this song and you, and you had all the movements. And by the end of the song, they had you like, you know, doing all these crazy things. You're nodding your head. You're spinning around, all this stuff. And it's just, a, you know, some fun you did in, in children's church. And I always heard this song, though. And, you know, uh, nobody in children's church, uh, at least in my children's church, ever gave the context to this song, you know. And so I'm going like, Father Abraham and many sons and many sons have Father Abraham and I am one of them. I'm like, I'm not, I don't, I don't understand this song, you know? And here I was at children's church. I was like, I'm just going to sing it. I'm going to do this song because it's kind of fun, you know, and you, and you get crazy. And I, but I, I always went like, what, like, what is, what is this song? What is this song all about? And so I want to kind of take a, a, a dive into, into Abraham's life and even look at like, why are, why are we called, you know, like when we sing the song, why are we called sons of Abraham? Why are we, uh, descendants, and you know, we look at ourselves like as adopted into this family of of Abraham. And so tonight we're going to start the series that's called the blessing. And there is a blessing that begins with Abraham nearly four thousand years ago. And before you get all weird about the word blessing, let me give you some context. All right, because I truly believe that God wants to bless you. If you believe that, why don't you say Amen? I do. I believe that God wants to bless you. And tonight, look, I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel. But I genuinely believe in the blessing and the provision and the favor of God on our lives. There, there has been an abuse of this prosperity gospel or the blessing of God, especially in American culture where preachers have preached excess and abundance. And 
But I believe that God can do all those things. God has the ability to bless you in ways beyond your imagination. But the focus of this series is not to talk about amassing earthly possession. It is to talk about the blessing that goes far beyond financial or earthly blessings. It is a blessing that is eternal in nature, a blessing far beyond anything we could imagine. So when we, you know, when you take an American mindset and you lay it over the gospel the, or over this term or, or idea of blessing, the, the, the idea then becomes as it's like more, uh, just give me more, just give me more. I want more, bigger house. I want the car. I want this. I want this. And when we look at a biblical foundation of blessing, it's not about that at all. Um, we're not going to improperly interpret this concept of blessing, which I believe that we can and has happened in American culture. But obviously, God wants to bless his people because, listen to this, the word blessing is mentioned more than 600 times in the Old Testament alone. So how would people say, you know what, there's, yeah, you know, this is prosperity gospel, this whole blessing thing. I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel tonight. What I'm preaching is the blessing and the favor of God. And so over the next three weeks, what we're going to talk about is I want to talk about three things as it pertains to the blessing. I want to talk about faith. I want to talk about family. And I do want to talk about finances. And I believe that God wants to bless us in these three areas. So number one, if you're taking notes tonight, and I would encourage you to take notes in this series, is God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. God wants to come in his life, and he wants to pour out blessings over you. But watch this. Look at this. The blessing is about getting something through you, not to you. Can I say that again? The blessing is about getting something through you, not to you. Because when we look at the blessing in terms of getting something to us, we'll approach the blessing all wrong. But if we approach the blessing from, or if we approach it from a selfish place, we've already missed God's point in the blessing. The first thing to understand is that God's blessing has nothing to do with you. Can I say that again? God's blessing has nothing to do with you, but what about what he wants to get through you? God's blessing is more than possession. The greatest blessing that God gave us through Abraham is the gift of faith. And that's where I want us to focus tonight. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Man, faith is those things that we go, man, I, I wish, I wish, no. And then faith comes in, and, and we begin to walk in that faith. I think about Abraham, and I think about what God asked him to do, because this is my understanding of it, is that the blessing of faith comes through obedience. Watch this. God established a grace system through faith. Abraham believed, the Bible said, and it was credited to him as righteousness. But what you need to notice is that it was action that proved his belief and the blessing was attached to his belief in action. Genesis chapter 12 says it this way. The Lord, going back to our opening text, he said, go from your country, from your people, your father's household to a land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be what? You will be a blessing. It, it kind of happens this way. If you do this, I'll do this. God spoke to Abraham, if you'll move out from this area, if you'll move into this area that I'm telling you to go to, I'll put my hand on you, and I will bless you. If you do this, I'll do this, is what God was saying. 
And it's not to say that we earn God's blessing or righteousness, but that righteousness is a result of faith, confession, belief, action in God. Can I say that again? It's not that we earn God's blessing or righteousness, but that righteousness is a result of what? Faith, if you would what? Believe in your heart, if you would confess with your mouth, then what happens? We receive righteousness. It's a free gift. James says it this way. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Save him. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. How many of y'all are familiar with Newton's third law? Newton's third law says this, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. You didn't know you were going to get a science lesson tonight, right? For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. But I believe that there is a spiritual law. For every action, there is an equal reaction. Because there is the principle of sowing and reaping. When you open up the Bible and you look, you see that there is this principle. Sowing and reaping, that as you sow, you reap. Listen to how Galatians says it in Galatians 6, 8. For he who sows of the flesh will reap of the flesh, reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap what? Everlasting life. When we open up the Bible, we see that there is this principle of sowing and reaping. Action is the proof of faith. Can I say that again? Back to what James says, action is the proof of faith. Anyone can say that they believe, but obedience to God's word is the proof that you believe. How do we prove that we believe? We put some action behind what we say. Anybody can just simply go, yes, I believe God. Okay, all right, well, then prove it. Uh, let, me, let me illustrate it this way. Would you buy a parachute from a salesman that wasn't willing to demonstrate the trust in the product that he was selling? If a parachute salesman says, hey, I've got the best parachute that you're ever going to see in your entire life. Let me sell it to you. I'm like, okay, show me first. Demonstrate. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm all right. Listen, if he's not willing to go up in the plane and strap the backpack on and hop out of the plane and trust the parachute, guess what? I'm not buying what you're selling. And a lot of times we say that we believe, but we don't have the action behind our belief. And so we're going, God, I want the blessing that comes with it, but we're not willing to step out in the faith that God has called us to. I'm not buying what he's selling if he's not willing to put his trust and faith behind it. You're never going to benefit from your words unless you are willing to mix action with faith. Can I say that again? You're never going to benefit from your words unless you're willing to mix action with your faith. You'll never experience God's blessing until your faith is demonstrated through obedience. True belief produces obedience. I think I need to say that again. True belief produces obedience. We can tell that Abraham truly believed God's word. Why? Because there was action that accompanied his belief. Abraham didn't just say, okay, God, I believe that you'll make me a great nation. Okay, God, I believe that you're giving me a land that was called the promised land. I don't just believe it, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick up everything. I'm going to leave the comfort of everything that I've ever known. And God, I'm going to follow you. Why? Because I believe that your word is true. And there's sometimes in our life that we have to step out beyond our comfort zone and go, God, I'm going to follow you into what you're calling me to do, even if it's not comfortable. I I believe that our, our, a true display of faith is obedience. Yeah. 
So God said, Abraham, move out from where you're at. And when you do this, I'm going to bless you. But I'm not just going to bless you for you. I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. And he goes on to say this, and and I want to say this to somebody. He goes on to say to Abraham, God, Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. And can I say this tonight, and I want you to hear me, but God wants to make your name great. And this may even seem totally contradictory to everything that I've preached up until this point, but God wants to make your name great. But remember, think about it in terms of not what God wants to get to you, but through you. Because if we think about it in terms of, okay, God, make my name great, we think about it all about ourselves. But can I tell you that it's not about you at all, but how God wants to use you? Because if God makes your name great, what does that mean? It means influence. And if you have influence, then you're able to point people back to Jesus. And that's our whole point. And God's going, look, I want to make your name great. I want to bless you. I want to make your name great. Because if you do, then you can just point people back to me. And if we look at it in terms of, you know, social media followers, if we look at it in terms of what we can amass and what we can get here on this earth, we miss the whole point because it's not about you, but what God wants to get through you. Making your name great means influence. Influence means lives changed. God made Abraham's name great, not for Abraham's sake, but for the sake of those who would come in faith after him. It was about the generations to come. God is known as the God of who? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not just the God of Abraham. It wasn't about Abraham alone, but it was about what God was establishing through Abraham. God did something bigger in Abraham that was big, or God did something in Abraham that was bigger than Abraham. We're known, we are now known. Uh, Let me get this right. We are now known uh, as the descendants of Abraham. Why? Because we've been adopted into faith because the Bible said that when Abraham believed, it was credited to him as righteousness. Now when we will confess and believe, we are adopted into that same faith. Why? Because we confess and we believe. When you realize that God is making your name great, has nothing to do with you and everything to do with him, that's when you will truly step into greatness. When it becomes not about followers or money or success, you you forget about greatness. When it becomes about the lives that you can impact through the blessing of faith, of simply confessing and believing, and as you step out and people see a difference in your life and, and God begins to give you influence, you can share what God has done in your life and help point people to Jesus. And come on, isn't that what it's all about? When he said, I'm gonna make your name great, watch this. When he told Abraham, I'm going to make your name great, he already knew that he was going to give him a new name anyway. He started out as Abram. But then God said, I'm going to give you a new name and your name will become Abraham. So when God says, I'm going to make your name great, it wasn't even about his given name, but it was about the name that God would give him and transform him. There was a transformed life that happened from here to here when he believed and he mixed faith with action. And I believe God was trying to say, you won't be remembered for the old things. You'll be remembered for the things that I'll do through you. Come on. 
I'm not remembered as the old Craig. I'm not remembered as the, well, some people might, but I, hopefully I'm not remembered by the old me. I'm remembered by the me that has been transformed by the power uh, of Christ in my life. And, and, and that's what I want to be remembered for, not this old guy. I want to be remembered for something that God used to bless other people's lives. So watch this. I want, I want them to show this on the screen. Look at, look at Abram's old name means this. It means exalted father. Exalted father, it was about him. Abraham is father of a multitude. It was what would come through him. So God comes to him and says, I'm going to give you a new name. Your name used to be Abram, but now I'm going to make your name Abraham. It's not about you, but it's about what will come through you. His given name was about him. His given, but his God name was about what God wanted to do through him. Talking about walk in faith, though, at 75, he has no children, and God comes to him and says, I'm going to make you the father of a great nation. How many of you know that takes a little bit of faith to walk in right there? At 75, I mean, Lord, if, Lord, if he came to me at 75 and was like, you're going to be the father, of, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure how that one's going to happen. I mean, I thought at 40 we were done, and then, you know, we're surprised with, a, with, a, with another baby. And, and so... At 75, he's going, you know what, no children, and God says you'll be the father of a multitude. Don't you know it took faith every day for Abraham to walk in that name, to go, you know what, God, you said it. This is who you said I am. I'll be the father of many nations. Can you, can you even imagine him introducing himself to people now? He's, he's 75, and he's like, hey, I'm the father of a multitude. And they're kind of like, are you sure? Because you're, you're kind of old, and you're 75, and how is this going to happen? And every day he had to just continue. Continue to walk in the faith. And some days it's difficult maybe to walk in the faith because you know what happens in your mind and in your heart and in your spirit. And you go, God, I'm not righteous. But God goes, that's all right. You're not righteous because your righteousness is as filthy rags. But I have made you righteous. And sometimes we just have to walk in faith of what God did for us on the cross. It takes faith for us to walk in righteousness. Because we know who we are. We know our thoughts. We know our shortcomings. We know our failures. Yet, by faith, we walk in the newness of life that Christ won for us on the cross. Come on, is anybody thankful for that? By faith, we receive the free gift. By faith, we are called chosen. We are called loved. We are called healed. We are called restored. It takes faith to walk in the newness that God has given to us. Now watch this, Sarah because he gives her a new name. He doesn't just give Abram a new name, but he gives Sarah a new name. And, and her original name means this. Her original name means princess. Again, proving. Look, it was about her. It's, it's about her. But royal princess is what would come through her because royalty would come through her. The king of kings would come through her. The Lord of Lords would come through her. Jesus would come through this lineage. The King of all kings would be an heir of Syria. It wasn't about her name being great for her name's sake, but it was about being great for his name's sake. Watch what Genesis 17 says about Sarah. So then God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, she shall not be called by her name Sarah, but Sarah with an H shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from her. There was a faith that started with Abraham and Sarah 
that was passed down from generation to generation to generation that would all be fulfilled in Jesus. Generation to generation to generation to then Jesus shows up to be the fulfillment of this royalty, of this faith. But it all started with an act of obedience. And out of that obedience, faith was born. Listen to this, First Chronicles. It records the genealogy, and I love this. When you read in First Chronicles, it, it records the genealogy of the nation of Israel. And it's going down the line, and it's so-and-so begot so-and-so, and so-and-so begot so I mean, it just down the line. It's, it's all these up until chapter 4, just person after person, name after name, generation after generation. And, and it's just rattling off the descendants of the tribe of Israel. And then it pauses for a minute on a man named Jabez. I mean, it's name, 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 name. And it gets to Jabez, and it pauses. Listen to what it says. It says, and Jabez called out on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. I mean, at first glance, you look at this and you go, well, isn't this kind of like a, isn't this a selfish prayer? Oh, God, that you would bless me. Oh, God, that you would enlarge my territory. You might even look at this passage of Scripture, and you might even say that, you know, this is against everything that I've said up to this point, that it's about not what God wants to do to you, but through you. This is, this is everything against. But when you take a deeper look, and when you take a deeper dive, what you'll see is that most scholars um, think that there's a, there's a town called Jabez, and it mentions this town just two chapters earlier. And... What most people think is that he was the leader of this town called Jabez. Because the Bible says that he had more favor than all of his brothers. And so he had this influence. And most, most scholars, if you look, they'll say they think that he was probably the leader of this town called Jabez. So when you put it in the terms of you have this leader and he's saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. The prayer that he's praying is not just for him, but it's for the people that will benefit under him. And when we pray a prayer like, oh, God, that you would bless me indeed, it's not just about me, but it's about the generations that will come through me and my kids and, and their kids. And it's about my neighbors and it's about our schools and it's about the community that we live in. And when we pray, God, bless Restoration Church, it's not a, a selfish play, prayer of things that we want to amass. But in the end, what we want to do is we want to point people to Jesus. It's not a selfish prayer. Oh, that you would bless me. And, and God honored the prayer. Why? Because it wasn't a selfish prayer, but it was a prayer saying, God, if you'll bless me, if you'll enlarge my territory, there's others that are going to benefit from this. And Jabez was a, he, he was known as more honorable than all his brothers. And he prayed this prayer. And the Bible says that God honored his prayer. I'm going to ask that the band come back. And praying that God would bless him. He was praying that God would also bless those under him. Praying that God would bless us. We are also praying that God's blessing would be on our kids and those that we have influence over. God's blessing, hear me out. God's blessing is not about what God can get to you, but through you. There's a generational blessing that God wants to pour out through you. 
There is something that God wants to do through you and your family. God brought you into this community and into this church for such a time as this. The neighbors, your neighborhood, our schools, our workplaces, that they would be transformed by the power of Christ. Why? Because we have this blessing of faith in our lives. It wasn't so you could get a get out of hell free card, because I think a lot of people look at the blessing of faith. If I put my faith in Christ and I receive salvation and I'm saved from my sins, I got to get out of hell free card. But God didn't save you just to have a get out of hell free card. God saved you that you can make a difference in the world around you. And again, that's looking at salvation. That's looking at faith through a selfish lens of what God wants to do for me. And does, and does God want to save you? Absolutely. But God in turns wants to filter this blessing of faith through you to other people. That if we simply put our faith in Jesus Christ, that we will be saved. It wasn't just for your eternal security, but for the eternal security of all those that you would come in contact with. God wants to make your name great so that you can make his name great. Can I say that again? He wants to make your name great so that you can make his name great. And when you realize that, I truly believe that you open up your life to the blessing and the fulfillment that is only available to Jesus. Come on, why don't you stand on your feet tonight? I don't know about you, but I want, I want God's blessing and favor on my life. And that first blessing is the blessing of faith that, or the blessing that comes from putting our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Of going, God, I, I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that you died. Man, and when we say that, it's credited to us as righteousness. Not because of anything that I did, but, and then we begin to walk this thing out. You know, a lot of times we, you know, we'll do an altar call and you know, maybe you, at some point in your life, you made a walk to the altar and, and you gave your life to Jesus. What do you do then? And we walk out of this place and we begin to walk it out in obedience. To, that's, that is the blessing. We want to activate the blessing of faith. We begin to this walk. We begin to walk it out. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commands. How do we walk it out? We, we open up this Bible and we start looking and we can start going, okay, God, show me, speak to me. Show me the areas that I need to change in my life. I want to walk this out. I want to look more like you. And God's blessing comes over our life. And then people around us start going, man, there's something different about that person. There's something different in their life. And out of that, we're able to share our faith. And this blessing of faith is transferred onto somebody else. And, and God begins to give us influence. And as he gives us influence, our city is changed. And I know that there's people that are, that are hurting. I know there's people that are broken in our city that are looking for somebody that would carry the blessing of faith into their life, that they might be transformed and that their kids might be transformed and that hearts and lives all over the city might be transformed. And if you're a teacher, you, you could carry it into your classrooms. And, you know, if wherever you find yourself in your career, you carry it with you. Dan, you carry it with you everywhere you go on every job site. And you carry this gift of faith. And as you carry this gift of faith and you share it and people see that light and you shine. 
in the world. There's so many people that benefit from the blessing of God that comes on your life because you have the faith of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you that you're here tonight. And Lord, I thank you for your word. And God, I just pray in Jesus' name that the blessing of faith would fill this room, that we would confess and that we would believe and God, then that we would leave this place and we would put our faith in action. Lord, today we realize and we recognize it's not about getting something from you, but what you want to get through us to the world. So, Lord, just in complete surrender, God, we just say, do what you want to do with our lives. Do what you want to do with Restoration Church. May we be an influence in this city. God, make Restoration Church's name great, not for Restoration Church's sake, not so that we can brag or be like, look at how great we are, but God, we want to reach people. We want to point people to you. We want people's hearts and lives to be changed and transformed, God, so that we can point people to you.